Welcome to the Transformation Talks podcast, in-depth conversations on transformation with Rajiv Dingra, founder and CEO of RDNX Network. Hi everyone, welcome again to another edition of Transformation Talks podcast. Uh, today we have an exciting, exciting guest with us who has uh, immense experience in deep tech uh, as an entrepreneur as well as uh, as a venture investor. Let me first formally introduce our guest today. Uh, it is Manish Singhal, who is the founder of Pi Ventures. He's a technologist turned entrepreneur turned venture capitalist. He aspires to put India on the deep tech innovation map of the world via his work at Pi Ventures. He brings over 28 years of experience across diverse sets of fields, building cutting edge deep technology products at global scale, mentoring startups, investing in them and building a deep tech venture fund. Money started Pi Ventures in the early 2016 with a vision of accelerating the development of deep tech startups in India. Besides for being a venture capitalist, he's also a certified coach under the International Coaching Federation of USA. He's a keen psychologist and volunteers his time to help people facing mental health issues. And he's also an amateur wildlife photographer. We are excited to welcome Manish. Welcome Manish to Transformation Talks. Thank you, Rajiv. My pleasure to be here. So Manish, uh, you have had quite a journey and, and 28 years is quite a long, long journey. Uh, what made you realize the potential of deep tech uh, almost five years ago in 2016? And how did you therefore come about uh, starting Pi Ventures? Give us a bit of background there. Sure. I think uh, my love for, for technology is pretty old. I think that as an engineer, when I graduated from IIT Kanpur back in 92, uh, uh, you know, I had this uh, crazy idea about doing something which you can uh, doing doing a product which you can hold in your hand, right? And uh, that actually meant that not just software. And uh, somehow, as luck would have it, I ended up working uh, for the next 18 years in different forms of deep tech products, which were in those days cutting edge of whatever the cutting edge of technology there was. So, for example, I built a GPS for an army back in 93-94. And those days, the wow. GPS was not small, which could go in your watch or uh, this thing. This was yeah. like half a shoebox for a Jawan yeah, to carry that, on his back. 27 years back. <laughs> 27 wow. years back, right? And then yeah. um, not many will uh, remember that I actually, uh, you know, video, the first form of Zoom, the video telephone. I worked on a video telephone back in 1994. And uh, now we take it for granted and, uh, you know, worked also on MPEG-4 standardization in 97, then uh, created a bunch of IPs uh, in the early part of 2000. And uh, probably the most successful product of my career has been the Slingbox, which lets you watch your TV anywhere in the world. So during this journey of 18 years, few things baked in my DNA. One is uh, a keen sense of... Uh, you know, being comfortable at the cutting edge of technology. I think uh, that is uh, very important to understand uh, from various aspects. Uh, second is to look for things that can transform the world. And third is have some sort of a mental model to be able to sort of uh, back yourself to be able to working in that area because it comes with its own risks. 
and so that was the to answer your question that was a seed that got seeded uh, over 18 years uh, in my uh, more as a you know deep tech operator if i can use that word and then you know the last 10 years or 11 years in my journey has been very different initially uh, you know i started off as actually supporting other companies as an angel investor but along the way i was fairly clear that if i have to make a multiplier effect i have to work on multiple problems at the same time not one problem at the same time and that meant uh, you know uh, um, a more of an investor role than an entrepreneur role and uh, things yeah. one thing led to the other and then founded pi in uh, 2016 and uh, i think now the funny thing is in 2016 i felt that uh, you know over the course of years i have seen that you know india has come of ages we are talking about entrepreneurs trying to push the boundary on technology use cases uh, several uh, uh, several things opening up within india where businesses are w- willing to work with indian startups etc etc so we f- felt that you know there is a good time uh, to actually uh, back some disruptive uh, ai companies to begin with and then then we have done something more uh, we've actually backed a space rocket company as well agnikool which is very interesting so i think wow. the confidence built over a period of time that uh, we could do this and uh, one thing i have to say is that one of the most challenging parts in the indian ecosystem has been that deep tech entrepreneurs always sort of struggle to convince investor when they are very early in their journey because there's hardly anything sure. to show or believe in and i think we take pride in pi ventures about that right so we we've been deep tech operators and we are able to recognize those that potential earlier than uh, uh, than uh, conventional investors would uh, because we can go deeper into technology and business use cases so felt like you know this is something um, my destiny sort of holds and uh, wanted to do something which is Uh, support entrepreneurs who are uh, sort of cutting edge uh, working working on the cutting edge of products and technology and i'm sure at the early stage uh, it's it's a lot of exciting uh, ideas which are forward looking over the next decade or so so you know you invest across deep tech ai iot blockchain and also space technology now so which are the industries or segments you feel are going to be most disrupted or impacted this coming decade by these plethora of deep tech technologies and you can go beyond ai iot blockchain 3d printing whatever you think uh, and believe uh, and and you can take as much time on this answer because this this is one that i think our audience would be very interested to know that what are the industries and segments as uh, probably budding entrepreneurs or even as other uh, colleagues of yours in the investor space uh, might be looking at what what do you think is is going to be disrupted and impacted by deep tech over the next decade short answer everything <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's pretty pretty uh, convincing because uh, you know our uh, our premise of this podcast is that we believe it's going to be everything but if you were to pick uh, areas where you know yeah. you've seen uh, uh, value and uh, startups that are becoming very very interesting even if you may have or may not have invested in them uh, and they look like global disruptors sure i think i'll i'll answer that question slightly differently uh, and the sure. reason i will do that is because at pi we do not track sectors per se we are very sector sure. agnostic 
but we do track and think about how technology will change sectors it's a slightly bottom up technology driven married with use case kind of approach that's very interesting so uh, i i'll give you some examples of course as we go along in this discussion so fundamentally uh, i believe that you know there are lots of products which work on digital data right so so google map is working on data alexa is built on digital right so some of the products Correct. are built on digital right so whenever right. you have data going i think everything in the world will require more intelligence from data than what whatever is there today being possible by technology right and that sure. intelligence will be brought by ai so our belief is that the right use case for ai will disrupt many many sectors many many sectors starting from healthcare we have uh, three investments in healthcare which are doing very well uh, in enterprise we are seeing lot of use cases in enterprise going changing logistics right that's another very interesting area fintech right you, you name an area and i will tell you one disruptive use case of ai right that's how we are looking at the digital world of ai and we go bottom up study the space and do all that in that one one of the th- key things i would like to kind of highlight is in within ai you have these companies what we call as ai first companies and ai second mm-hmm. companies in ai first companies we look at use cases which can fundamentally only be done by ai so for example we have a company called visa which is in mental health conversations right so it is a therapy bot you can chat with the visa to resolve your emotional and other issues and that technology that product cannot be built without ai right there is no way mm-hmm. whereas you know there could be some other product where you know you you getting the basic functionality done but ai adds a layer so we call those ai second startups in our thesis ai for startups fundamentally change the rules of engagement in any space and therefore they disrupt the business model they is they create a new way of working uh, and we've seen that across multiple startups that we have in our portfolio Visa is disrupting how mental health is being handled. Uh, uh, Pixis is disrupting how digital marketing um, automation is being handled. Uh, you know, Niramai is disrupting how early stage breast cancer can be done, uh, and uh, so on and so forth. I have so many examples here, right? And uh, so that's one set of technology trend that we are uh, tracking and how that is disrupting sectors. the second technology trend that i would like to talk about is in the space of materials right so just like for ai data is required for lot of mm-hmm. other startups which are in the physical world material science becomes that fabric under on which lot of innovation happens a new way of material can change how things are done so for example just think about it a world without plastics and world with plastics i think there are uh, there are obvious issues with that but just imagine your life without plastic can you imagine your life without plastic very difficult right yeah uh, and uh, you know at some point plastic was invented right so the material science changes the way people uh, you know work with the ecosystem so there there are some very interesting work happening in the healthcare for example we've met companies which are actually looking at 3d printing parts of the human body we have looked at companies which uh, in an indian company itself right which has actually created an artificial cornea which can be replaced in human uh, uh, we've also looked at this artificial food uh, which uh, which looks like uh, meat but is actually not meat right 
and several other things the fundamentally how material changes what we do is very significant to the whole world of deep tech and the use cases thereby the third technology that i would like to talk about which is slightly futuristic not yet there today is the whole world of quantum computing i think every few years we 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 are hit with a new paradigm of computing and i think quantum computing is uh, surely coming uh, it may be 2 to 3 years away from mass adoption and real commercial implications but once it comes it will change the paradigm of computing completely i think the way, way we know ai today itself will change the way security is done that will change so computer, quantum computing once becomes once it becomes out there uh, i think will change uh, will will disrupt uh, whatever we know uh, today in in the digital world so in short three very prominent uh, trends in front of us one is the whole disruption that artificial intelligence will cause across sectors the other is the material advances in material science which will have impact in what we eat what we live uh, what how we live and etc etc and the third is the quantum computing which is slightly out there uh, slightly far ahead in time but it will have disruptive implications on how we interact with the world um i would i would want to delve a bit, little deeper on the two more technologies uh, which are yeah. iot and blockchain in a sense sure. the data uh, you know uh, sort of explosion that iot might bring how do you see that and do you see startups being able to uh, uh, you know build uh, uh, you know iot startups uh, that uh, can disrupt uh, the you know the big larger companies who have maybe more uh, disposable uh, capital at their end Uh, and also blockchain because a lot of people confuse blockchain the technology with cryptocurrency uh, yeah. you know it will be interesting to know uh, investors viewpoint on blockchain given how much noise there has been on uh, you know cryptocurrency in the in, in in india sure i think both good questions so let me take one by one so iot in our view point does not stand out as a separate technology trend uh what sure. will iot produce i think we have to understand that iot will ultimately produce time series data uh it will produce data basically right and that data is useless unless there is a layer on it to handle it and that's where the ai will come right okay. so we see iot as a subset of an ai uh, trend and we see iot as something which will convert a physical signal into a digital signal for artificial intelligence to take over and make sense of it right so we we sure. sort of think about iot that way blockchain and and you're right i mean a uh, lot of uh, lot of times blockchain gets clubbed with crypto but that's not the case uh, blockchain has lot more use cases uh, beyond crypto uh, could be in uh, you know how supply chain is uh, how supply chain trust network can be built etc etc but uh, not very hot on blockchain if you ask me personally because i've seen lot of resistance for adoption of blockchain to me it does not it gives you a additional layer of uh, efficiency but one thing i have noticed right that uh, when does a technology so there is as human beings there is always a resistance to change a re- resistance to change to do th- do things differently right and right. when do we make that change when we when do we make the effort to make that change we do that when there is a what i call as a 10x difference in the outcome right so if if 
by adopting a new technology or a new way of working if it is making an incremental difference to my life i may or may not be motivated to do it but if if it makes a disruptive difference or it makes a huge difference to what i do then i am more uh, you know uh, likely to adopt that change in blockchain's case i am not seeing that yet and so therefore i would not i'm I, personally i am not hot on that and i'm happy to be proven wrong with time because technology trends tend to change sometimes rather quickly now that's that's uh, very well put uh let me uh, get your view on the last 5 6 years you've had uh, you know what i would say the hot seat view of uh, the startup and the tech scene in india how do you think the same has transformed over the last 5 6 years uh, in what ways has it become better in what ways it still needs a lot of change and in what ways and means is it uh, uh, you know possibly Uh, not going in the right direction, where a lot more is needed from the different stakeholders of this scene. All right, I think several changes uh, which are looking positive, uh, especially in the last few years. One is, I think every year uh, I feel the quality of entrepreneurship and the quality of the ideas is is a notch above than the previous year. Right, that has been a consistent trend I am seeing. Sure. Uh, the other trend that I'm seeing is that India, as a market for our startups, uh, is actually opening up. It is not the best-paying market, but it's a great market as a first market for our companies to do business with. So, a lot of our companies have actually launched in India, got into a certain level of revenue, and then uh, obviously global demand takes over. and that has been very good for our companies as well right so that that is a very welcome change third welcome change is the whole uh, system is uh, getting a little bit relieved from its constipation money constipation so earlier and to extend large uh, now as well money keeps going in hardly comes out but in the last few years you would have seen that several exits have happened and that money flow is very important for the investing economy uh, economic wheel to turn i think that is also some early signs of positive signs to see fourth sure. is the uh, amount uh, availability of capital i think uh, 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 it has never been a better time to be an entrepreneur as in the last few years because if you are doing something meaningful if you have a good team together there are, there is money available at all stages of your entrepreneurship right at the idea level to your first product level to scale level etc there are pools and pools of capital there are lots of people investing in startups and that is very very heartening to see right right uh, 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 one thing i would like to point out from a deep tech angle is uh, uh, you know that the level of ideas the boldness in the ideas is has gone multifold up and here i would like to bring out the example of agni cool one of our companies they are actually creating small rockets for launching of small satellites and uh, they are the world's only company to have a fully 3d printed single rocket single piece rocket engine in fact last week they were able to ground test it successfully and now they became the world's only company to have ground tested a fully 3d printed single piece rocket engine in the world right this is wow. path breaking for an indian deep tech ecosystem and an idea like this to be able to conceive this kind of an idea and take on the world with it 
in a place where sometimes you feel that deep tech capital is not available you have to kind of give it uh, uh, you know uh, give it to our entrepreneurs there and uh, and this actually brings a lot of responsibility on funds like us when entrepreneurs are taking those bold steps then funds like us should we remain in our conventional thinking or can we be bold enough to back these ideas along with them unless we match step to step with them this momentum can die right so there is a there is a i would say on the uh, on the need side there are two things i would like to see differently i would like to see indian venture investors become more bolder than they are uh, they they uh, and second thing i would like to see is that more mna activity should happen in india uh, i think it is already uh, wheel is starting to turn but there is a lot more work to be done on that side okay but that's that's amazing insight uh, i i want to uh, look at uh, uh, this comparison that you made you know about india and the world uh, you know both from a deep tech adoption perspective uh, by uh, large corporates and by uh early startups you know looking at uh, uh, deep tech as well as uh, from a capital availability perspective where do you think india is uh, vis-a-vis large global markets like us china and southeast asia and and you can take your time to you know probably give us a sense of the uh, uh, challenges and and uh, uh, you know uh, struggles or maybe the advantage of uh, india as a market vis-a-vis uh these uh three global markets sure somehow i'm not in the boat of comparing ourselves with other countries i think it just puts an apple and oranges kind of comparison and it puts us in a wrong light number one it puts us it also pushes us to do things differently which are not natural to our dna so okay. uh, i'll answer this question slightly differently if you don't mind right so no worries yeah all these countries are on their own path uh on that one right india ha- india will create its own path to how deep tech system will mature here and uh, uh, one of the key things that india holds is the amount of money that is required in india is sometimes 5x sometimes 10x sometimes 100x lower than a company abroad to make the same thing so uh, let me give you an example agni cool will be able to do a commercial space flight in around 15 to 20 million dollars maximum right whereas some of the companies in the us have raised 500 million dollars and still not gone to space commercially right just Im- imagine the amount of difference we're talking about here correct niramai one of our breast cancer screening company went from an idea to a live hospital installation in less than half a million dollars right i would bet that if similar company was in the us or some other place it would probably take anywhere from 6 to 10 million dollars just to get going so the amount of capital efficiency this country has is mind boggling and that we have to factor it in right so if 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 companies outside are raising 100 maybe we can do the same job in raising 10 right so that actually gives you a lot of sense of scale that is required to do india deep tech uh, ecosystem and therefore i feel that the comparison is not fair right we have to look at sure. in the context of what we are doing sure. what can we do differently to push it 
to me there is only one thing which i already said i think can the indian investors be bold enough and match their boldness match their entrepreneurs boldness and back them in their beliefs early on right that is the only thing that is required everybody is sitting on capital they have a lot of money everybody wants to do deep tech but shy away when it comes to really pushing uh, uh, you know putting the pen to the paper and uh, that's where at least my um, uh, journey in the next few years will be to how i can make it easy for our entrepreneurs and our ecosystem to back entrepreneurs who have this disruptive thoughts and ideas there is a, a question that comes from that is that you know there has always been at least uh, a few years ago uh, there was you know always this question mark on the maturity of early stage entrepreneurs especially the first time entrepreneurs and i believe you come across them uh, more than anyone else in this space uh, is there been a transformation in that uh, maturity level uh, and when i mean maturity it's also from the standpoint of how long how deep how hard they would want to grind and 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 scale because this is a tough space in a tough country uh, mm-hmm. and and uh, from that perspective what's your view on on the maturity short answer maturity is as i said before is improving uh, with every team we meet and every year the teams we meet at a macro level but i'll answer this question slightly differently as well right this is a little bit an overhyped scenario that as a second time entrepreneur you can do better of course you can do better right because you've learned a lot of things as a first time entrepreneur but if you are a first time entrepreneur you cannot just change that destiny and become a second time entrepreneur right i mean so what do you do differently as a first time entrepreneur when you are at it right yeah. and i think one of the skills that i have always valued in people that i work with is essentially their ability to learn quickly and adapt to the situations right so you could be a first time entrepreneur but there is mm-hmm. always enough guidance available around you you have friends you have board members you have investors there is lot of material today out there everybody is talking about stuff on twitter and other places so if you are smart enough you will actually learn from experiences of yourself and experience of others to do your first time entrepreneurship as good as second time entrepreneurship quote and quote right and therefore those are the people who will do very good and we have seen that in our companies as well in our companies lot of companies uh, like visa team is first time entrepreneurs they are doing brilliantly pixis is first time entrepreneurs they are doing brilliantly uh, locus is a first time entrepreneur they are doing agnikun niramai they are all first time entrepreneurs we have lots of first time entrepreneurs and they are doing all really well and one thing that actually differentiates them from some of the others is you know they have learned on the job they have obviously made mistakes during the journey but they have learned how and adopted and then persisted and persevered sure uh, manish uh, let's you know make this more interesting uh, is there a, a area an idea a, you know a, a concept or something that uh, you believe if if someone to uh come as an entrepreneur and work on it and come and pitch to you uh it, it would you know you you would be you know cutting a check right there so is there a, a area uh, uh you know as 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 a venture capitalist i'm sure you guys there is a lot of discussion around you know hot sectors or hot opportunities but you don't find a startup working on that hot opportunity so would you be uh, gracious enough to share with our listeners uh, such an opportunity that you have been able to notice 
I think there are many. Uh, there are very interesting use cases which are emerging. Um, uh, uh, to name a few ideas that I'm personally very excited about, but haven't seen a good startup, uh, com- uh, you know, founder combination yet, is can we make Zoom meetings as as humane as meeting in person? What will it take uh, to bring uh, bring the whole experience of meeting someone physically over Zoom? Right, that will require reimagination of the entire uh, uh, entire landscape of Zoom. Uh, I think that is something that excites me about thinking about that. Some of the other ideas, there are some other ideas as well. Uh, would love to see if uh, if, uh, if, if, if you know if um, you know the whole uh, what we call as the uh, transactional flows of a supply chain. Uh, or different transaction flows, if they, if that based on the data can be made super intelligent and uh, super trustworthy uh, using some data intelligence and other technologies, right? Uh, that could be another idea in the deep tech space, the beyond digital deep tech, as we call it. Um, I'm very fascinated by anything that you can do with materials differently, uh, like I talked before, uh, like like supported Agni Cool, right? They, they are a very interesting company which has done innovations in how 3D printing can be used, how um, material science can be used to a different outcome. Uh, and there are several applications of that uh, in healthcare as well. So I'm very keen to see if uh, some, uh, some innovation in healthcare can help uh, in a meaningful way. Uh, similarly, remote diagnostics of um, um, you know, non-intrusive diagnostics of any decisions, diseases which are life-threatening is another interesting area that I always think about, like we back Dirama in that case. So yeah, these are some of the so sample ideas, if I can say that way. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure there are a lot more, but these are something that come top of my mind. Super. Thanks so much for sharing that with us. Uh, tell, tell us, uh, you know, if there are large uh, corporate CEOs uh, listening to this uh, podcast. What would you, as someone who has a uh, you know almost a ringside view of uh, the innovation with deep tech, uh, what would you tell them to do uh, so that they do not uh, get disrupted uh, by a future uh, a deep tech startup? What kind of uh, uh, you know suggestion or uh, you know uh, how would I say uh, two cents uh, you would like to give to uh, you know? Uh, top CEOs running maybe large companies uh, and this impending deep tech, deep tech disruption that you see so closely uh, at the trenches with the startups? I think in my opinion, top companies have lost the race there. I think the top companies typically lose their way uh, in, uh, uh, in uh, innovating uh, um, uh, in their own uh, DNA. Uh, somehow, the, the very few companies have been able to keep, uh, uh, you know, themselves on the innovation curve when they become big. So I think the only way, in my opinion, that they can keep abreast with what's happening in the world is to have a formal program of some kind, which helps them interact with startups um, um, on a large scale. So you could do that by having a support a venture capital firm within your firm, which invests in startups. You could have an accelerator where you could have, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, acceleration program for startups within your firm, or you could have some other sort of uh, startup engagement. What I have seen 
although every uh, almost lot of companies making a mistake there that they become a bit myopic about that and you know the red tape starts to flow and then the company starts to say unless it is extremely uh, you know beneficial to my business units etc we are not going to do this we are not going to do that so there there lot of restrictions starts to come uh, on those programs and that limits them in their own exposure to what else is possible so i would recommend the ceos of big companies to kind of have an open mind about it develop programs which interact with startups at different levels with a slightly open agenda and not a very close hard agenda that's one way of keeping in abreast with the change great uh, so finally final question for our podcast and this is uh, targeted to the early stage startup entrepreneur uh what what should he be let's say there is a deep tech idea and you know maybe a deep tech product what are the few things that an entrepreneur should get right before he approaches uh uh you or investors like you uh, uh in his deep tech startup uh, what are the two or three things that he should have in 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 place uh, uh and you know w- w- and what do you really look out for sure there may be only one thing actually in this right so one is uh, what i have seen uh, typically is that most of the deep tech entrepreneurs uh, uh, you know they they are they are actually um, how should i say uh, they have a innovation first thinking typically right so in in some sense they've come up with an innovation uh, and they are very proud about it uh, but sometimes in that whole process Uh, it becomes uh, sometimes a quest of uh, you know uh, you, you know finding you already have a solution and let's find the problem where it can fit uh, and that actually uh, uh, sometimes loses the battle so correct uh, it's not a science project deep tech startups not a science project deep tech startup is actually built when a pertinent and an apparent customer need in the market can be solved by your innovation in a very disruptive way both are equally important there has to be a problem uh, which can be solved so i'll give you some examples here like niramai for yeah. example solves very very early stage breast cancer screening problem no it's not it's unsolved problem till today we invested 3 years back right till today there is no other alternate solution to detect breast cancer that early as niramai can do because most of the other technologies actually uh, work on density based method whereas nirama is able to find out abnormal cell growth right so uh, you know it could be an interesting technology but here is a case where a great global need is coming together with a unique and a fundamentally different solution that it can solve for similarly agnikud small satellites are hurting uh, to go in space at the time that they want at the cost that they want and current technologies do not address that problem so now agnikul has come up with small rockets which can do that right so there is a business use case and there is a problem there is a solution that you have which is very unique i think that combination is important you don't have one of them you are not a deep tech startup so my only request and advice and suggestion to all deep tech entrepreneurs is that it is not a science project the business use case has to marry with the technical innovation that you have and if that marriage is looking healthy and win win then you have got a deep tech startup going 
Manish, uh, this was an extremely engaging and uh, I, I must say a very clear and concise and to the point, uh, uh, you know, suggestions and, and pointed insights that were shared by you. Uh, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the Transformation Talks. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Rajiv. Thank you for having me here. Thanks for listening to the Transformation Talks podcast hosted by Rajiv Dingra, founder and CEO of RDNX Network. Tune in next week for another interesting episode.